Humbly Human listeners, thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode where we try to find joy in those not-so-joyous moments of life and be transparent and find humor in everything that we do. Enjoy! Well, good afternoon, Humbly Human listeners, and I'm a little about a day late from uh, the in the new year and starting our podcast, but we were a little busy and I feel like that's okay. I'm sure many of you aren't waiting anxiously for me to, to post the podcast. If you are, that's great. And I apologize, but if not, I'm here and we're going to start the new year out with a, a funny little episode about standing when you don't feel like standing. And I'm sure most of you have been there in your life. Um, if you're like me, um, you've had moments and seasons where you just were exhausted and could not do it any longer and you needed others to come alongside you. And that's what today's podcast is about. Um, Um, But I want to start it with um, a little bit of humor uh, around my sweet husband, who um, I will describe in this podcast and understand that when I talk about him or anyone else, um, I'm not making fun of them or uh, finding lightheartedness against them. And so when you hear this today, I am not uh, making fun of him, but I am. uh, We laugh about this pretty often, uh, his little uh, issue with sounds and noises and I'll explain a little further but this weekend my husband asked me to stand in the living room near the basement door now I thought what in the world the strangest request and I watched as he went down into the basement and kneeled back up from the basement walk back and forth now better understand my husband and we tease him immersively is his aversion to sounds and what he was doing this weekend was there was a board squeaking in the floor and that man went down into the basement as I walked around upstairs and he would tighten up the boards so that they wouldn't make that noise and we did this throughout the entire house and so I'm he's yelling from the basement up through the floor you know move keep moving, let me find it. And then he was tightening up the boards because it was driving him crazy. And he said, doesn't that drive you nuts? And I remember thinking, I want to answer this to not offend him, but really I don't pay any attention to it, but he certainly does. And it drives him crazy. Now to better understand him and understand this situation, there are other things that um, really bother him and he cannot stand the sound of ice crunching so if you're chewing ice around him he will it annoys him um eating chips too loudly or a white beeping noise and when i say that like a background noise that someone else i kind of just tune it out not him he's going to be what is that noise where is that coming from we need to get it to stop and to better understand that i have to tell you about a night that we went out to dinner now we as a family have in the last oh i'd say eight years or so when every Saturday night we go out to eat. Now, it's not always a fancy place. It could be something really simple, but we work really long hours. I work a lot of hours at work, and my husband does as well, and it's our family time, and we really kind of devote that. In fact, people have asked me to do things on those nights, and I've declined so that I could make sure that I spend this time. So we kind of carve out our family time Saturday nights, and that has continued. So we went, my son was about in the eighth grade, and we went to a local restaurant and went in to sit down. And we had been waiting for a little bit of time, and then they seated us. And once they seated us, my husband turned to me, and I'll never forget, and he said, do you hear that? 
And I thought, oh no. And my son immediately put his head in his hands and said, dad, we don't hear anything. Like, don't even start. And we both kind of giggled with each other, my son and I. And he, he was like, no, no, listen, listen, do you all hear that? Neither of us heard whatever my husband was hearing. And he was adamant. And I thought, oh, I hope whatever it is stops so he can enjoy dinner and we can get past this. Because I know that, no, he, he can't. He ha It has to stop whatever it is. So then the sweet little waitress comes and she comes to get our drink order. And before I can even say, hey, I'll take a sweet tea. My husband turns to her and looks at her and says, do you hear that? <laughs> now... My son, he was just absolutely like, my goodness, I'm embarrassed to death, drops his head, puts his head in his hands. And the sweet girl said, I hear in this questioning tone. And my husband, just listen, don't you hear that? Do you hear that? And then in my best Southern smile and way, I said, he hears things that other people can kind of block out. At that point, he's getting so annoyed with me. Like, don't, don't, don't do that. Like, I really do hear something. And my son and I exchanged a glance at each other and giggled, which adds only to his frustration in these moments. And then as, yeah, he was, he was just, you know, you could just tell. And the waitress, she was super sweet. She looked at him and she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll put these drink or I'll get your drinks and I'm going to try really hard to hear it. Well, at that point, he looked at us with that glare of, oh, he was so upset. And he gets up and walks towards the hostess table, which wasn't too far from us. We were in the first booth, not far from the hostess area. And he walked over and my son grabbed my arm and said, Mom, what is he doing? And I said, don't worry. He's determined he hears something. You know how he gets. Just let him work this out. And I remember him exchanging a conversation with the hostess. And I'm, I'm just praying in my head that they find it, he can come back, he'll be calm, and, and it'll all be good. And as he turned, I'm waiting for him to look frustrated. He has this huge smile, which was not what I was expecting. And he walks back to the table, and he plops in the booth, and he says, I told you I wasn't crazy. You know, the phone up there was off the hook. And you know that beepy noise the phone makes when it's off the hook? And I just busted out laughing. For multitude of reasons that was driving that man crazy and second of all I never even heard it my son said that we couldn't hear that he's like y'all are crazy I could hear it so to him he could hear this and he could not relax so we were all really happy that that had, had changed for him but I've thought about that a lot and how much that bothers him when those things happen but I share the same probably level of frustration about other things in my life so let me give you an example if something happens, have you ever shared it with someone else and they don't seem to have the same passion or emotional reaction that you have? In fact, they can't even understand why you're so emotionally upset. We've all been there, right? As a passionate person as I am, that really happens to me probably more often than not. And unfortunately, I take way too many things too seriously. So it's different but it's really similar. I understand my husband's behavior of not wanting to let that sound go and how it couldn't help him relax. Now, sounds are pretty easy. You have the power and control to change them. But when someone you feel has wronged you or maybe said something or done something, 
you can't always let that go emotionally or change it or stop that. Like you could stop a sound. I recently described myself like a person with a dog. When something happens, I'm like a dog with, with a bone. I often won't let things go until I've solved them or fixed the problem. What people don't know is that I may not speak about something, but in my mind, I've gone over that thing a million times. I have mental obsession of milling over a concern, a conversation about how I can do better. This can be exhausting. My dear friend said once, told me once, um, that I had to be so tired to think about things as deeply as I did. At the time, I had no idea what she really meant, but in an another conversation she shared that she wished that I could see what others envied in me. I remember she said this in passing but in true Rhonda style I thought about this conversation over and over and over. It really was important to me to understand what she was trying to say and was followed by please be kind to my friend. Now, she was referring to me being me being her friend and that I needed to be kind to myself because she knew me well enough to know that I truly beat the tire out of myself daily mentally. I know some people that don't really know me or think that they know me or superficially know me will say, no, she doesn't. She doesn't think about anything because I'm a very outspoken person. And sometimes, unfortunately, that means I speak without thinking. But that doesn't mean that I don't spend hours upon hours reliving every conversation and every word to try to do better in the future. You see, I have this mental warfare that happens when these discussions or decisions are made. My dear friend, when the my dear friend was my listening ear to these moments when I would talk out my inner thoughts. She knew how much I would think about situations and decisions. She knew my heart more than most people in my life other than my mother and my husband. I was so thankful for her friendship and her love in my life. She truly was such a blessing to me through so many difficult professional and personal life experiences. In an effort to capture what she meant to me, I remember one weekend trying to find a biblical comparison to what she meant to me. I was determined that I would find a comparison to what she captured in my life. And I remember the one story that came to my mind over and over again was the story of Moses and Aaron. Now, I remember telling her this, and she looked at me with those eyes. She had these eyes that, that just almost seemed to pierce your soul sometimes. Now, this was not a questioning look that she gave me, but it was when she was really listening and thinking about what someone said. I remember not long after this discussion, I made the biggest life decision I had ever made to change my professional direction. I told her and she said, thank God. I remember thinking, what in the world? And then she spent the next 30 minutes telling me how she'd been trying to tell me this for months. And I thought about it, and as she explained it, she had. She had been trying to convince me for the longest time to change my professional direction. She said she had been praying to God would help me see that I deserved more than the stress I was experiencing.
she told me that she knew me well enough to know that I that I saw this as a failure, which she was exactly right, and that this was exactly the opposite. She framed my decision decision in such a beautiful way that I was unable to even find the words to express how it emotionally moved me. I remember thinking, wow, she's captured this. I remember crying my eyes out and thanking God for giving me a friend that was right beside me during one of the hardest times in my life without judgment, but pure, unobliterated support. Little did I know that when I referred her to her as my Aaron months earlier, that she would again act this out and demonstrate that love once again in another hard, hard season of my life. She knew that mentally my life was in a very hard season and not long after losing my niece and then professionally not being able to find my footage any longer and being beat from every single angle that it was time for a change to occur. But just like Moses, I could not do this alone. If you're unfamiliar with the story of Exodus 17, Moses and his people were being attacked. Moses told Joshua, as God had instructed him, take some men in to fight, and he would go up on the hill with the stick that God had, had used to provide water for the people and hold it up into the air. Now, when he went up on the hill, he took with him Aaron and her, H-U-R, her. Each time Moses would lower the stick, the opposing army would start to defeat Joshua and his men. So he needed to keep that stick in the air over his head. However, when Moses would raise the stick and and Joshua raised the stick, Joshua and the men began to defeat the army. So Aaron and her, her allowed Moses to sit on a stone while they stood on either side of him, holding his arms in the air. I think about this so often and how to have people in our lives that will stand alongside us and hold us up when we can no longer do life alone is more than a blessing. I really think that Moses was so done at this point and God provided Aaron and her to stand alongside him. Now I want you to think about this. The character of Aaron that I related to my friend was a, it was an anointed high priest by God. And I really do feel like that you can't just take anybody with you into times of difficulty. You have to have someone, a godly person that will pray over you and be there for you. That's the kind of person that we often need in our lives in those difficult seasons to hold us up in prayer and support. My sweet friend did this for me over and over. And now that she's no longer in my life, I think about all the lessons she taught me in her holding of my arms through some very difficult times. She truly was my errand when I did not even know how to navigate. As I reflect on this in my life, I also thought about her ability to be honest with me and not always tell me what I wanted to hear. She was in a position where we learned worked alongside each other in addition to being very close friends. See, I remember when we first met, she would often tell me what I wanted to hear and I told her to stop. I'll never forget that conversation and I said, stop telling me what I need, what you think you want, I want you to say. I need you to be honest, even if it hurts. 
I warned her that often, though, I will say no or disagree with her, but that she would quickly learn that I relive almost every conversation, and I would often come back and say, let's revisit that, or let's talk about that, or let's go back to what you said yesterday. But often, my initial reaction would be in opposition or even questioning. Knowing this about myself, I like to share this with those that I love or spend time with or work alongside. However, one thing that my sweet Aaron friend taught me was to let people go and not that are not good for your life. Now, see, that's a combination. I wanted her to question me and challenge me and to be that friend. But I also watched her do something that I had envied and admired in her that I just have never been able to capture the way that she was able to do it. She was a master at being kind to others, but not allowing them to occupy occupy space in her mind. I love that about my friend. Now, knowing her the way that I did, she worked on this for years, and it took years of prayer and focus. She was always so kind to people, but she had this uncanny ability to know when people weren't good for her or not good for her life and how to be kind to them but not allow them to absorb or take up space. What she taught me was that we all need errands in our life and we need to be errands to those around us and we need to show people love. Just like my husband can't handle sounds and things annoying him that would not, that other people would ignore or maybe not even pay attention to, I too am a unique individual just like him that God has made just the way that he wanted. I'm certainly not everyone's cup of tea. Trust me, there's someone probably listening to this that knows me that says exactly I'm not their cup of tea (laughs) and I'm accepting that is just fine. I know that I am thankful for my errands in my life that have held me up when I could no longer do it myself. I hope that I can be an errand to someone else in the future. I hope, most of all, that I learn to be gentle to me mentally as I go into this new year. But balancing that that with knowing God made me just the way that I am and that he has a purpose and a plan for my life. So being kind to myself is just accepting who I am and being okay with where I am, knowing that God has crafted this beautiful journey that we call life. I hope that you too thank your errands in your life, know who they are, and thank God for them daily, and accept who God has made you to be, the beautiful soul that adds to this world in your own unique way, while I too am learning to accept who Rhonda Kay is, and it's not that bad, and that I will accept my unique ability and inabilities and accept that I am the person that I am. I hope that you go through this week and have a wonderfully humbly human week and understand that all the uniqueness in us makes us who God wants us to be. Have a great week. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Humbly Human. Be sure to like and follow so that you'll get more episodes from us coming soon. We'll drop a new episode every week. Have a great day.